This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back rankings. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it, a stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're gonna say he stepped out, but I'm. I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. For screener draw. Oh, Wilson. He's going to uncork for the end zone, and he drops it in beautifully, and it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And it's got the field on the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus, 51 yards. Vernon, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's gonna be rated higher. Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies for Kirk Street and Atlanta's time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Vernon and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the most American of time zones. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusToCan.com. The whole crew is here tonight, Matt, Austin, and Chris, and myself, of course, I'm Felix Sharp. On a Texas-sized version of tonight's show, Kyle McCord has been announced the starting quarterback again for some reason, and which players are we panicking on? But, Chris, I want to start with Shador Sanders. Um, it's no question that he's playing exceptionally exceptionally well, completing nearly 70% of his passes, 903 yards uh, on the season, 10.1 per attempt, six touchdowns, and no interceptions. I think that that's the most impre- impressive number, um, especially considering the fact that they have had to pass the ball. They haven't really had a running game without um, uh, Alton McCaskill there. Dylan Edwards, a smaller player, has been great in the passing game. They have not really been running the, the, uh, the ball uh, effectively. Anyway, regardless of how he's playing in college, Chris, the question now becomes, is he an NFL quarterback? Now, as a company, I think we generally took the stance, this guy with Sean Lewis there, he could be an asset for you CFF-wise. But if you're thinking of him as an NFL quarterback, we just don't see it that way. There are others out there, Ray, GQ being one of them, Uh, Adam and Mike, our friends uh, over there at 4D Chess. They have really liked this guy. As your position or our position, Chris, should it change on Shadour Sanders? Do you see him as an NFL quarterback? Still no. Uh, I, I, so I really like Sean Lewis, and I think Sean Lewis maybe is not the type of guy to lead 
a program, but he is an excellent offensive mind, an excellent offensive coordinator. Runs the veer and shoot system, which is basically an offshoot of well, it's actually very similar to VR Brile's system, uh, which you know we saw that over the weekend. But should Durr and Sean Lewis have like this mind meld right now, where they are so in sync, and Shadur is running this offense so well? But this is not an offense that translates to the NFL. I don't think that we have seen him make throws or plays where I say, wow, that's an NFL NFL play. Maybe he's had one or two, but it's not that processing. It's not that high end um, do it yourself pro scheme that I think we might want to see for a player who's being regarded as like a first round pick in the NFL by some. So no, I, my opinion has not changed. And What's funny is that a lot of people are saying, well, he we saw him do this at Jackson State last year. We did not see anything like this at Jackson State for Shadur Sanders. He now has a offensive coordinator who is one of the best in the business and is playing extremely well within it. He's awesome. Like I don't want to take that away from him. But no, I have not seen enough to say that he's a legitimate NFL prospect. Austin, when I clip this and put it on Twitter, the no folks are gonna come no after the folks are gonna come after us. Um, what's the guy's name at CBS who came and came after or came after Matthew last oh, year? Idiot. Anthony Richardson. I can't remember his name. Any, that, in any way, they're it, going um, to Emory? come after us. Emory? I'm pretty sure yes, his name is Emory. We're pretty sure, yeah. Um <laughs> Austin, has your opinion changed on Shador Sanders at all? Um I mean, I, 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 I think I, I, a little bit, a little bit, because I think I thought that he was probably like a mid-late round three guy coming into the year. I think that was a pretty fair range uh, for him. And now I think he's probably closer to a second round guy. Um, I part, partially agree with what Chris said, and I partially don't. He did have a couple of throws this past weekend. Um, there was one specifically where he, I believe was rolling to his left. I think it was early in the game. First quarter. It might've actually been the first drive. If you remember Felix where he rolled out and he threw this opposite hash throw to, I, I don't know if it was Travis Hunter or who it was, but it, it, was, it was Travis pretty Hunter. nice. It was Travis Hunter. Yeah. I know the throw, yeah. Yeah. That, that was probably honestly the best throw I've seen from him this season. I, so I think he's looked a lot better, um, It's hard to say that because I think, I mean, he was a 70% completion percentage guy at Jackson State on really low ADOT stuff. And we think we've seen, for the most part, similar usage. Where I do think the one concern that we did have that was huge that I think we should still have is that he's taken 11 sacks through two games. And not to say that he, that, you know, he should have one or two, but he definitely doesn't really offer anything in terms of sack avoidance. So, really, I think even like high level play extension, we've seen a couple of plays out of him where he's kind of scrambled and it's like, it's kind of more defensive and ineptitude where I think more athletic defenders eat him up pretty easily. So I, I want to say, I think some of the things that we already knew that he could do, he's done at that level and actually a little bit better against better competition. I think that's good. I think some of the things that we thought were going to be issues for him are still going to be issues. Now, granted, if you protect him, if you put him behind a good offensive line, um kind of honestly like i think you kind of have to do for like a tua who i actually think is more mobile but you kind of have to protect a guy like tua i think if you can kind of protect a guy like shador that he uh has a chance to to be an nfl quarterback 
can I, can I respond about to that real quick, actually? Yeah, because I disagree a little bit with with the if you protect him. There were a lot of times where he was protected and held on for too long. Like that was that was a processing slash I like just indecisiveness issue and not necessarily a like not mobile enough issue, which I do think is also a concern. But like I, think, I thought he was slow. See, I thought like, I haven't seen the all twenty two from the Nebraska game yet, and I turned it off about three quarters of the way through because I could not stand to watch Jeff Sims anymore. Um just bad. like was legitimately making me mad as I was watching the game. Um but I and I, I again I need to see the all twenty two, but I thought basically Nebraska's game plan was that we only have to rush three, maybe four on any given play because Colorado's offensive line is so inconsistent. There are some plays where they look great and some where they're just letting three guys through free. Um, but they their game plan was basically we can rush four, we can drop seven, we have enough speed where we're not going to beat get beat over the top. We can keep them for the most part in front of us, which they did throughout the day. And so I do think there just weren't a lot of windows there for him to throw into. And I think as the game wore on, because they ran so many plays, that eventually those windows opened up a little bit because he, they just people were tired. Um, but I, th- I I do think that, and I, I think, again, as they see more teams, Colorado State's not going to be able to do it to them. But as they start seeing some of these teams that have back-end speed and can get after the quarterback with three or four guys, I do think it's going to become an issue for them. And I'm interested to see uh, if the other team can sustain drives, then their defense isn't going to be as tired. I'm interested to see what happens there. It's, we're talking it's about Quinn Ewers, or excuse me, we're talking about no. Shador Sanders and whether yeah, or not he's a he's a an, an NFL quarterback. I want to weigh in here just a, a, a second, Chris. So there was the throw. Yes, there was a throw early in the game, the out route to Travis Hunter. He was in really tight coverage and it was fit in there. And Shador Sanders kind of rolled out to that opposite hash throw. I think to be an NFL throw, you make that throw from the pocket. I mean, you make it a little bit easier by going to the side that you're actually going to throw to and throwing it there. Still accurate and what have you. You mentioned his sack avoidance or lack thereof. I thought that you were about to talk about the fact that he's not a rushing threat, which he isn't. And I don't have a problem with quarterbacks that aren't rushing threats. Michael Penix Jr., one of my favorites. Uh, Jake Hayner, one of my favorites. Carson Strong, one of my favorites. Not rushing threats, but the thing that all of those guys had is they stepped up into pocket and they could avoid edge pressure and they could um, extend plays. Just like you said, Austin, and I was going to hope that we said that, he does not extend plays particularly well. When I think about an NFL quarterback, there are, you know, Tua Tungabialoa was like this guy who's kind of had everything um, except for the physique and everything, but as far as kind of Pressing the issue downfield, he had that. I think Carson Strong had that. Um, somebody like Anthony Richardson, just a, well, you, he walks into the room, you're like, well, that's a first-round NFL quarterback. I don't know what boxes Shador Sanders possesses outside of um, his ability to, to be consistent. That's a that's a trait in, the, in, of, in and of itself, and he's been very consistent in finding the open player. But is he a guy that's going to make the opposite hash throw? Is he going to be a player who consistently hits uh, passes 20 yards down the field? I don't know that he's even necessarily going to attempt those throws. He's not really being asked to in this offense. Every once in a while, yes, they will try to hit the deep shot, and he has been accurate on those throws. Some of those throws have even been dropped, and they've been accurate. I don't know that you can necessarily ask him to do that consistently. consistently. So when I think about a first-round quarterback and that's what a franchise player is 
What tools do they have to make them exceptional? Like it's not enough just to be competent. And he has been beyond competent. Jason White, if you are old enough to remember Jason White at Oklahoma, that's what I, I mean, you know, a guy that's going to take uh, what the defense gives is going to be really good in that system. That's not a derog- it's not derogatory to say that he's not a first round NFL draft pick. We think that he's operating well in the system. He is being he is being given some layups, mostly layups, and he is making them. He's making the occasional jump throw jump shot, and once a game he'll make the deep three or the three at the line. That's fine. That does not mean that you are an NFL quarterback, let alone like a franchise guy that you are going to build around. Chris Moxley, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, going back to the sack stuff, eight of the 11 sacks that he's taken this year have been credited to him and not the offensive line per PFF, which feels accurate to me. I I feel like he's spending too long processing, and like Felix just said, he just isn't mobile enough to extend plays. And that's – it's funny, though, like – Shadur Sanders not being mobile enough feels super weird considering what the gray athlete Dion was. I don't know. It just, it, that's always struck me as weird that like, he's not a crazy athlete considering. Even Dion when he like, takes off, you're like, Oh, please get down. Please get on the ground. Because he had a rushing touchdown this weekend, right? He, he did. He did. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. But there was a scramble early in the game where uh, I was just like, God, just, just get on the floor. Matthew, you wanted to uh, add something here on Shador. Yeah, so I I think that we as a company were actually right on Shador Sanders, at least more with, with my write-up. And I think, Austin, you actually wrote him up for the Freshman Supplemental Guide as well. We talked about how big of an equalizer Sean Lewis was going to be for him. And I think that's what a lot of people are overestimating right now is how good his stats have been against, if it's not unfair to say, two very bad defenses. When you go and look at his overall play, I think he has been fine. And I do think, you know, I know Mike Valerie is going to kick back against this, but if you put the name factor into this, I do kind of agree with Austin. He's probably going to get second round draft capital, but he's just a fine quarterback. I, I don't think he has an overly strong arm. He is not a rushing threat. I mean, you guys were just talking about his pocket manipulation i think it's objectively horrible if i'm being honest he never steps up everything i saw in the tcu game was matthew, to the right and matthew, left I don't, matthew I, matthew look, you're no, gonna blame no. me when i put this on twitter you gotta listen and they're gonna come after you and you're gonna send me a text message anymore like no 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 i don't care you can put it on twitter i don't care I, I just I think that that he is going to be a fine quarterback and he is going to I, he's a game manager, but I still don't think he has anything that separates himself as all as any kind of like an elite quarterback. So if he makes it into the NFL, which I think he will, I think he will be fine in the aspect of he'll win you games, but he's not a guy that is going to be putting up the fantasy points he's putting up for you right now in the NFL. I just don't think he has that talent to do it personally. In other words, we're not trading for Shador Sanders anticipating that he will be a first-round NFL draft pick. I don't know. You know, He's probably in the Hendon Hooker range of prospect, which is good. I could see that healthy good. Hendon Hooker. Yeah, I think it's a guy that the name gets tossed around late first, but doesn't. Well, and I don't think it would have happened if Hooker was healthy. Is, is he that much different than Will Rogers, Shador Sanders? I haven't watched Will Rogers try to play wrong. this year yet, so I don't. Uh, I mean, I've watched him previously, but 
I mean, Will Rogers can't complete a pass beyond 50 yards, but like, it's not like Shadur has some rocket arm and they're asked to do very similar things within their system. So I just, I don't know. I'm not there on the, the round two stuff and maybe he goes round three, but I don't know. Mike's in the chat and he says he's going to go round three. Uh, Brad says analytically college QB three. It's been two weeks. Caleb, Caleb one, Penix two, sniff, sniff. Yep, it passes the sniff test. I don't know if he's saying that about Shador, that Shador passes the sniff test. Maybe he is. Um, let's move on here. We're, I guess we're going to talk about quarterbacks here to start. Matthew, uh, Quint Ewers, 24 for 38, 349 yards, 63.2 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no interceptions at Alabama in Tuscaloosa. He was also three for five on passes that traveled more than 20 yards. Um, I don't know. Do you, like – do you think you deserve like a victory lap on Quinn Ewers here that he hit guys that had seven yards of separation? And Chris is nodding his head like, yes, Matt deserves a victory lap. Okay. No, not yet. Matt, we'll take Matt, the victory Matt, lap okay, at the end right. of the year when I end up being right and he's a first round pick. I'm not... No, no, sorry. I'm not, no, I'm not going to take a victory lap right now. It was a good game. He really, I mean, I kind of want him to play Alabama every week, if I'm being honest, because, damn, he played really good last year and again this year. I mean, it's by far one of his better games. Uh, but it, I, I don't think it's unfair. I know you uh, guys talked a little bit about it last week. He's still really struggling to throw the deep ball, and I don't want anybody to to not take that away from some of the passes he had in that, that Alabama game. It's been bad. Go ahead. He, he, he missed. He missed. Xavier, he he in Matthew. I think you have a little bit of delay there. Uh, he missed Xavier Worthy. I did. Yeah. Xavier Worthy split the defense on an early throw, and I and it was the first quarter. I was getting ready to flame him, but I think he came back. And it might have been that same drive where he had that um, the touchdown pass on the on the opposite side of the field uh, to Xavier Worthy. I will say this though: I, I have breaking news. I have breaking news. I have seen an impressive Quinn Ewers throw. And it wasn't either of the throws to uh, none of the throws to Xavier Worthy. It was the back shoulderish deep throw to Adnai Mitchell along the left sideline. They were in they were in man uh, with a safety over the top, and he put it right on Adonijah Mitchell's back shoulder behind the corner, and you know away from the safety. Quint yours. I've finally seen an impressive throw from you. Congratulations, buddy. Um, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I almost texted you that throw too, and said that exact same thing. Uh, that was basically, "Hey, have you seen something impressive yet?" Because, I mean, that throw was really, really. I actually thought he had a. That a was the best throw of the game. game. The the touchdown passes. Those guys were open. Adana J. Mitchell was not open on that throw, and he put it in the perfect spot. Yeah, I, I so I thought he had a really good game, but I didn't think that he had like a spectacular win you the week game. Like I just thought Alabama's defense kind of played like crap. But I mean, still, like you have to be a little bit excited about what Quinn showed against Alabama. I mean, he's he's the Alabama killer. He would have killed Alabama last year. He would kill Alabama this year. He just elevates himself through this game, man. I don't know what it is. I hope that he can get that deep stuff under control, though, because, it, like Matt said, it's still an issue, and it was an issue all of last year. It's still an issue now. I mean, Xavier Worthy was still dropping passes too, and he doesn't even have the broken hand to rely on this time. But 
I don't know, man. I just need him to clean that up because he's so good in other areas of the field. Yeah. My my biggest fear with that is we've seen him last year specifically in games that they should easily win play like dog shit. And they don't have anybody really on that schedule that I am at all worried about. And I'm worried he goes back to Rice Quinn Ewers that we saw last week. I need him to stay Alabama Quinn Ewers the rest of the season. The, the funny thing is, is on the on the touchdown pass to Mitchell, first of all, both of these, t- the, the two, the, the one to Mitchell, the one to Xavier Worthy, there's like no safeties anywhere because they don't respect Quinn Ewer's ability to hit you. So eventually he's going to have to throw these balls into coverage, especially at the NFL level. I'm not giving you a whole bunch of credit throwing to receivers with five and seven yards of separation. If you would have hit that pass where Xavier Worthy split the double team and was and had like two yards, I would have gave him a standing ovation for that one. So, um, Austin, any takeaways from Ewers? Do you have faith in him now? Go go trade for Quinn Ewers now, right? This, this, this is a sell window, right? I think this is the window that if you had him and you wanted to get rid of him, you've been waiting for. Hasn't opened for Kyle McCord yet, but uh, maybe someday. Maybe someday. Two more weeks. Brace, Two more weeks. Oh, God. Wait. Kyle McCord just taking strays over here. Um, promo code pro, promo code C2C for prize picks, a hundred dollar match. Use promo code prize picks and promo code campus to Canton at home field apparel. Get all of your college football apparel. I think Matthew has on a Texas shirt from home field apparel uh okay. right there. Use promo code campus the number two canton, all one word for 15% off, and it helps us grow. Um, let's talk about the aforementioned Kyle McCord, Matthew. In the weirdest announcement that I've heard this season, he had already been announced the starting quarterback, and Ryan Day announces him as the starting quarterback a second time after giving uh, Devin Brown, you know, four passes against uh, Youngstown State. Kyle McCord has been announced as the as the full time starter. I mean, you know, I'm not going to take a victory lap here either, but uh, all that Devin Brown bluster you had going on for the past two weeks really kind of died with a whimper there. I mean, I, I don't really know what to say. I mean, clearly he wasn't good enough if he's only getting four passes a game in practice. But, I, I mean, look, Kyle McCord hasn't been good either. Uh, I think the big test is going to be that Notre Dame game. I, I, I said that. Earlier in spring, I thought that honestly it would go into the season. I'm actually surprised that Day already announced McCord the starter. I thought they would at least go into week three, and then they would decide who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Notre Dame game. It's a massive game for them to go in to Notre Dame and try and win that. I mentioned this, I think, after the um, – or maybe it was during the Indiana, Indiana game. You go back to last uh, two years ago, C.J. Stroud's first game against Minnesota. He did not play well at all, and Ryan Day was extremely conservative. And I think we have seen that in these first two games, even when, again, Devin Brown went out there. They didn't let Devin Brown throw until the fourth quarter. His first time out there, he handed the ball off, I believe. Like, people, don't get me wrong. Ryan Day can be a very aggressive play caller when he wants to be, but he isn't if he doesn't trust you. So I personally am not taking Coward. that much away. I don't disagree with you. He is. I'm not taking that much away from what Kyle McCord has done in these two games. It's going to be that Notre Dame game where we're going to see what Kyle McCord really is because that could be – it's not going – it's going to be a close contest if Sam Hartman and that offense continues playing that way. So Kyle McCord's going to have to make those throws to keep Ohio State in the game. That's the game we're going to find out who Kyle McCord really is. You can't take anything away from these past couple games. And this – 
Maybe Western Kentucky puts up a fight. I don't think that they really will. So I, I, I don't think we're going to see much this week either. Austin, we can talk about the implications for later in the season, you know, when they play Notre Dame. But for right now, I think about what's the domino effect here. We've got Devin Brown as the backup. You've got Aaron Nolan coming in. They've got Lincoln Kineholtz there. It's kind of a crowded quarterback room. Kyle McCord does not strike me as he's having the type of season where we would expect him to make the jump next year. So I, I think we have to project that as much as, you know, Devin Brown is going to stick around and, 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 and play it there at Ohio State, somebody's going to leave this room because – it, the picture doesn't change next year. Like nobody's nobody's making the jump to the NFL. So, what what do you think about uh, this quarterback room overall and how he's what happens there after this season? I mean, I I don't feel comfortable like actually giving like a hard prediction. I I think at least one player probably has to leave, right? I mean, I don't think you can keep all four of those guys there. I think it we we've said that before, and then the guys stay. But I do think it would be a pretty big mistake on those players to to hang around for years without any sort of uh open door or cracked door to to getting that starting job i could see Kineholds leaving he's from a west west more west coast guy could see him heading to you know a school out there i could see i could see devin brown leaving i could see him going to byu or something next year because i you know i think it's as slow as his last year i could see either of those guys leaving i don't think it's going to be air nolan decommitting i think he's going to be there no matter what um, but yeah, I mean, what, what is, I don't think McCord was going to go pro. I mean, his dad, I don't know if his dad ever went to the NFL or not, but he played college football. Like he knows, you know, they have, they, they talk to people regularly. They're going to know that he's not considered that, that level of player. So, I mean, I think that this just gums up the works even more there. I'm glad I didn't really draft any Lincoln kind holds this off season, expecting there to be some sort of clear succession plan. Cause I don't think there is one right now. I think it's going to be Brown personally and that's what i said he should i mean he should yeah if if kyle doesn't leave we'll just go right back to what moxley said not even five minutes ago he's a day's a coward he's not going to push mccord out the door if, especially if ohio state makes it into the playoffs which realistically all they have to do is beat michigan because i i do think they'll beat notre dame and notre dame I think that they will and Penn because State. of how good the deep. Yeah, okay, Penn State's a good one. That I'll give you Penn State. I, I think the defense for Ohio State is at least so far looked much more improved than it was last year. So, Penn State, Michigan. If if McCord's able to get through those two and get Ohio State to the playoffs, he's not telling McCord, "Hey, it was nice to have you for a year and go." He's gonna bring him back, which means Devin's going. There's no way Devin stays. I wouldn't be surprised if Kinehold stays because I could see Day doing the whole, well, it'll be your shot next, like he's done with Devin for the past two years. And Kinehold stays at least for a year to compete with Air Nolan. I agree with, with Austin. Nolan's not going anywhere. But I, I think it's almost assured that Devin Brown's gone after this year would be my guess. Chris, we talked about a sell window opening for Quinn Ewers. It's a buy window for Devin Brown. Austin shaking his head. No, what do you say? I don't know. I just, his future is so murky that it's not really something I want to invest in is, is essentially my stance on it. Like there are better bets to make at this point. I, I don't know how to feel about it, but I mean, I was so unimpressed with Ohio state through two games. Like you can't score 35 points against a team whose mascot is the penguins straight up. Just like you you can't do that. I mean, the lions are some sort of like strong mammal, 
we're talking different. But team against uh, you, you can't score thirty five against the Penguins, and I didn't think they looked particularly good against Youngtown State either. And I'm, I mean, Cord was okay, but yeah, I I just that this that long touchdown to Marvin Harrison. I mean, it was uh, absolutely a broken coverage. It was wider open than yeah. the Quinn Ewers throws. <laughs> yes, yes. It, yeah, it was. Uh, gosh, this, this situation is such a mess because I think Devin Brown should have transferred out this offseason and didn't with Ryan day probably being like, Oh, it's a battle. Oh, it's a battle. Knowing hundred percent of the time that he was going to pick cotton court because he's been in the system longer. I mean, if, I if, don't, I don't know how the rules work, but I wonder if he could hypothetically, if he entered the transfer portal now, if he preserves yes. a year of eligibility and Matthew, it, it looks like you were like before, before, the, before the fourth game, as long as he does it before the fourth game, he can enter. The, if he, if he enters the transfer portal, he technically red shirts this year. I don't believe you can enter the portal. Right now. You can't enter it, but you can state that you someone did that. I mean, last he's just gonna tell her, yeah, Dallin Holker yeah. Well, like, I mean, Gary, you're basically yeah, Gary Bryant, Gary Bryant did that too. Yeah. They you're, can you're, just you're say just they're the coach you're not gonna play, yeah, which I'm is not playing anymore. Honestly, and you're entering if you're smart. buying Devin Brown, like I know this is the easy answer. You're like hoping he goes to like Washington. Like outside of that, I don't know where he goes that you feel great about him next year. Because he hasn't shown he us. Looks as, he looks getting hot and heavy. What do you, what Kendall do you Briars, with you, with Oh, I would. I absolutely yeah, I would. Yeah. And I have both Austin Mack. So, you know. Because if he so. goes, like, let's say what Austin said earlier, if he goes to BYU, I don't know that he's going to become a fantasy asset there. Because I don't know that he brings you that much rushing upside. And I don't know that he's going to be Zach Wilson 2.0. And go out to BYU and have a great year, and I mean, then get drafted in Baylor. the first round. He could do. I mean, he can do it at Baylor maybe. with Jeff Collins there. Maybe I'm just you know saying. Like Jeff I, Collins I, got lucky one year, and Felix just loves this. Uh, yeah, no. It's <laughs> not just. It's not. It's the <laughs> system that he runs, which has been effective in a lot of places. The wide zone. That's what they run at North Dakota State. That's why Trey Lance had the season that he had. They run the wide zone play action off that. Lots of deep shots. I mean, it's a great system. That's what Jeff Collins runs. If he can get a running back and a quarterback. It would be decent. So, uh, I mean, they got the speed at wide receiver. Monterey Baldwin is one of the fastest players in the country. Um, okay. Anything else on on Kyle McCord, Ohio State? So, uh, the Saturday morning shows are doing really well. We appreciate your support of those. They're actually doing really well compared to what we've done in seasons past. I mean, we're getting like, I don't know, three or four times the viewership that we had in seasons past. Um, we want to get to 2,000 subscribers on youtube before the season's over so go ahead and subscribe uh to so go ahead and subscribe to to the youtube page campus again james adds and james adds in the chat that he would love to see devin brown at kentucky next year i mean you got devin brown and dane key they got one more year before they become draft Marion eligible brown i think Barry and Brown. What, I said. I said Brown. I said. Brown. Oh, I thought you meant. De- I thought you meant Devin Brown when you said Brown. De- Bra- Barry and Brown. Brown. Yeah. Brown to Brown. Brown, Brown. Brown. It would be a good. I think that would be a good spot. I think there are a lot of good spots for Devin Brown. I'm not moving him in my rankings. I don't care what you say. I don't care what any of you all say. I'm keeping him at five or six or wherever it is that I have. Agreed. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, <laughs> Let's get to the panic meter here. There are some players that are underperforming, and uh, I want to have a sense for how concerned we should be from 10 being hair on fire to one being uh, it's cool. Let's start with Travion Henderson, uh, Chris. Travion Henderson basically shared touches in week one with everybody 
at in Ohio State's backfield. Week two, he did fine, but every time I see Travion Henderson, a Travion Henderson highlight, he is running through a gaping open hole and is using his speed to get there. But he did score what he scored twice this year, this uh, last week. I think he had over 100 yards. What's your how are you are you panicking on Travion Henderson? So I was already kind of low on him. So personally, I don't think I am panicking, but I think the community should because he was being elevated as a top three ish back. And I don't really like the early returns. I didn't like the early returns last year either. I just don't think that he's reached the highs of his freshman season that we saw. And I don't think he's really been the player that from his high school tape either. I mean, this is a guy who was compared to Christian McCaffrey. And you're looking at a player like I, I've called him soft many times. And I just don't think he has that physicality that you want. Like, yeah, he can run through open holes and yeah, he doesn't have the worst vision in the world. But I mean, I'm becoming extremely skeptical on what his Debbie upside is. So, yeah, the panic meter should be like seven or eight for Debbie community. Like, I don't know. I just am not in on Travion Henderson at this point. Matthew. I would say a six or seven. I mean, I still think he's going to end up being fine the way that they keep talking about him, the wanting to get him more and more involved. Ryan day talked about him today in his press conference, wanting to get him the ball more in the passing game. Again, I just talked earlier, this offense has not been clicking. Like, I think the more we get into the season, the fact that he was getting the ball as early as he was in that game um, against Indiana and even some of the carries against Youngstown State, as long as he stays healthy, I agree with Mox. I don't think he's going to return to the value we had of him as a freshman. But I think putting it as like an 8, 9, or 10 is just overreacting. Ohio State's offense has not looked good. And it's still going to be one of the better. It's not about Ohio State's offense, though. It's about the individual traits that we're seeing from this player and whether or not we think he can be that dude for an NFL team. There was at one point where we thought he could be a a first round draft pick at the running back position. I don't even know that I would lock him into the second round now, to be honest with you. I would disagree with both of the things you just said there. I don't care if he's not going to be that dude because we've propped up players who have gotten draft capital that we've said are not going to be those dudes. And we call we we say that, well, that matters because they get the draft capital, so now they have trade value. He's still going to go in the second round. He's not going in the first round. There's no way. I will agree with you on that. But he's still going to go in the second round because this is a weak running back class. He will still get drafted in the second round. If you don't believe he's going to be that dude, then move him. At that point, you still will have value and have the chance to move him if he gets second. But what are you saying, though? Uh, you're like you're saying about how they're going to use him in the offense, et cetera. Yeah, I do think he's going to. Have... Do you think he's he has the elite traits to be an asset and fantasy wise at the NFL level when he declares for the NFL draft? Yeah, I think I don't think he's going to be an RB one if that's what you're asking. He's probably more of like an RB fifteen to twenty for fantasy purposes. But I think he's going to be able to score you points because he is a receiving back. He has the home run ability. Is he Christian McCaffrey? Like people thought, no, he's not. Clearly we've learned that. But I still think he's got the ability to be a very good running back. I I think his death or his demise is being widely overstated. He was not healthy at all last year. It's two games in. Last week, you guys were saying Quinn Ewers was a bum. This week, now he's back to like a first round quarterback. Guys, it's two no, weeks. Like we, we have not said that. We have not said that. What someone and it's been it's been two years for Travion Henderson. Uh, no, including it, him slipping and falling one, against Penn State all over the place. Year one, as Chris Moxley said, we were propping him up because of how great of a freshman season to not have played football for an entire year and had the freshman season he had. 
was a really damn good year. Last year, he was injured from week one on. I'm not judging him that much. Now, granted, yes, it's not been a great two weeks, but it's two weeks in. Like, let's kind of give him a little bit of time before we just say, dude's not even going to be a second-round pick. And, of course, Matthew has a completely objective take on this whole thing. Um, uh, Austin, what's your take on on Travion Henderson? Yeah, I'm probably around a seven. I think the biggest issue for him is that they just refuse to use him in the receiving game. And I'm not exactly sure. Like, even if we don't think he's a above average runner, there's no reason why this guy shouldn't be getting 35, 40 targets in a season. Like, just straight up. If you look at his numbers, he got uh, 29 targets as a freshman, six last year, and three through two games this year. If you're running a more conservative offense this year, you would think he'd be getting twice those targets. I don't, I don't think that they've done a good job of using him how he should be used. And I do think that, that is hurting him. And I think it's going to hurt him a little bit uh, in the eyes of scouts over the next couple of years. I mean, they, uh, there's no reason for the usage. And if you look at like uh, his receiving yards per team pass attempt, I'm not saying he is as 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 polished or as good of a receiver as Jameer Gibbs was. But if you go look at their, their numbers, like they should be a lot closer in terms of receiving yards per team pass attempt and things like that. And they're not even in the same ballpark. And I blame coaching staff for a lot of that. I think I'm putting it at, I mean, listen, I've been trying to like be very, very, first of all, Matt Waldman had an, uh, 25-minute discussion on Travion Henderson two weeks ago. If you're an NIL subscriber, I would encourage you to go listen to that because he speaks in detail some of the theme themes that we're talking about now. I have been, like, hoping that the people that I'm playing with aren't, like, listening to what it is that we're doing because Travion Henderson is still a name, and I have been trying to trade him to move, like, quote-unquote, down. For example, I tried to get uh, Donovan Edwards in a piece for Travion Henderson. And I feel like word is getting out there. That I don't think that's a super smart it. trade either. If that's your intention, but well, you you don't. They're the okay. same player. I think he's. I think he's on our. our <laughs> They're not the our, same player. The same player. Go ahead, Chris. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Flame me. Flame me for trying. Go ahead. I mean, okay. there's a reason why he's on our show sheet panic meter list as well as Travion. David Edwards has some big questions too. Uh, okay, I, I I think I've seen more from Donovan Edwards as a pure running back in that Ohio State game, and you know after Blake Corum tore his ACL, I think I saw more from him as a pure running back than I have from um, Travion Henderson. To this, I point. mean, is, yes, is they he, are similar players, but I said adding, I like adding a piece. Is he not just running through wide open holes as well? No, I don't think so. Not against Ohio State, where they had everybody at the line of scrimmage. What are you talking about, Matthew? You sitting here? They had like on 10, his, they had thirteen people on in the his box. game play breaking play. Yes, he did the the Red Sea parted, and he made one player miss and took his sixty yards to the house. What do you mean there wasn't a massive hole? I think you're misremembering because you're a Michigan okay. fan. There was a gaping. Oh. I, I could have run at least thirty yards before I got oh, taken okay. down with that the pot man if you talk about the pot calling the kettle black over here yeah um all right let's move on here to donovan the aforementioned donovan edwards chris moxley where are you at on the panic meter for michigan's uh dynamic uh number two back there in ann arbor yeah he's been pretty terrible to start the year uh like just has not been up to his usually pretty efficient self 
I'm I'm probably at a five ish. I'm not super worried, but it's not super encouraging either because he is a smaller back. He needs to play a certain role in the NFL. And I don't really doubt his talent as a receiver, but I kind of doubt if he has that upside to be a true, you know, 15 touchback. Like if he is he Alvin Kamara, I am leaning. I mean, Alvin Kamara's special, but like that the archetype, right? I'm starting to lean no. Whereas if you asked me like three months ago, I probably would have said yes. So I, I, I think he's going to be a good passing down back regardless in the NFL. I don't know what his rushing upside is because I haven't seen him. And I'm not sure I've ever really seen him be a really good and efficient rusher. And he's still not putting it together. So, yeah, I think he's a guy who goes in the second round, but a lot of that is going to be based on his receiving ability. He has more proven receiving ability than Travion Henderson in my He does. Yeah. Uh, Austin, where are you at on panic meter for Donovan Edwards? I mean, there was a reason that I don't want to speak for all of us, that a lot of us have had him, you know, uh, right on the cusp of top 10, even with the uh, mass exodus of running backs this year, because we needed to see more rushing upside. This is why these guys are really attractive to draft after year one, but not so attractive to draft after year two, because you're just shortening the, the time that we get to see some of these things happen and develop. Um, so I, uh, I, I'm not panicking because I think he's just kind of stagnate. I mean, there we were hopeful, but I, I'm not writing him off, but I'm a little less hopeful than I was a few weeks ago. Yeah. I'd probably agree with Chris and say right around a seven. I mean, I I wanted to see more of him as a rusher. Receiving wise, I agree with what Felix said. Like he's better than Travion in every asset of that, but I don't think an NFL team is going to draft him solely for that purpose. And he's not even had a season rushing wise that Hen like Henderson had as a freshman. And if he's not able to, I mean, who they play East Carolina and UNLV and he's not even gotten to 50 yards rushing yet. I, I, I just don't, I don't know that he's going to be able to turn around, especially the fact that Blake Corm came back and he's getting as many carries as he has. I still think he goes day two, but I, I think him not being efficient on the ground is going to hurt his ability. If we're talking from a C2C perspective, like you're losing out on a guy you thought was going to be scoring you a ton of points every single week. He's not even giving you that now. He's a better, or he'll end up a better prospect than James Cook, right? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, that's probably who you're the archetype of player that's being drafted in the NFL. Like, I think he's probably pretty close to to that. And I don't think that's a bad bet because he's a day two or round two RB. But still, I think you're a little disappointed regardless. Based, on I think I think we're getting some some. Um, I, I think we're seeing some recency bias playing in here. We keep comparing Donovan Edwards to Travion Henderson. They've been actually, especially from a lot of analytical uh, items, fairly comparable over their couple of years. And of their three years in school so far, Travion's actually been the superior runner twice. So I think this is a little, Travion was so good year one and then has been lackluster since that we're, that we're downgrading him maybe more than we should. And because Donovan Edwards has been like kind of the same, we're not hitting him as hard as we should here. Just my two cents. I don't think they're really... I, I I don't I wouldn't put Donovan Edwards ahead of him right now. I wouldn't. Not saying I, same tier, sure, same tier. But I, I don't I don't think that there's any real difference there. I, I, think, I think I've same, seen more same tier is 
is different than where the consensus of the community has them, though. Like, I don't think if you asked that a lot of people would have Travion and Donovan Edwards in the same tier. But I agree that they are the same tier. Also, I, I will say Brad just put this question about uh, hypothetically isn't four years in college with NIL more valuable than going pro early? If someone can show me an NIL deal that a running back's actually getting that's worth more than the run, the, the NFL yeah. contract they would have gotten, there to my knowledge, there is not one. Blake Quorum did not get more money this year than he would have gotten in the NFL. No. I think so and I, it, that it doesn't only, that doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. It only comes in for guys who are going to be drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. That's Even the those only guys aren't getting that back. kind of cash because they're Agreed. fifth, sixth, seventh round backs. Like they're just but not that good. They're replaceable. They may come back thinking they can increase their draft capital. If you know you're going day two, you're not coming back for any kind of nil deal, especially not at the running back position. Some some G five quarterbacks and high end position players are getting enough to avoid be going to the draft to be drafted like round seven or UDFA. I believe that because uh, I think Frank Harris is one of those players. I'm a zero on the panic meter for Donovan Edwards. Um, I think in the limited time that we've seen him be the primary back, I think we've seen more physicality from his game than we've seen in three years from Travion Henderson. And they are, I think that Donovan Edwards has the edge as far as being a pass catcher. And if you're telling me he's James Cook with more size, more ability to run uh, in, uh, in the middle of the, the offense, in the interior, interior running game, I think that that's a very valuable NFL asset. So uh, no panic on. And then next year he should be the guy in, in and of, uh, to himself. He should have the backfield to himself. Would you draft so. Edwards over Trevion right now? I, the thing is, is I just wouldn't draft Trevion. Like we've done startups, and I just haven't drafted Travion, and I've taken Donovan Edwards in the second round, including in um in League of Record. I've taken Donovan Edwards in the second round, so I'm just not taking Travion at the end of the first. Like I would rather have oh, Barry so Brown. I'd rather have cost you was know, tough on uh, both of those guys this offseason. I think t- tougher question: Would you trade if someone offered you Travion for Donovan Edwards? Would you make that trade? I would still. I think that I can get more than Donovan Edwards. I think that Travion has this name. He has a 1,300-yard freshman season. He has the five-star pedigree. I might be able you, to get Donovan Edwards so, and a one of these freshman uh, wide receivers that I want. Maybe Jonte so, so, Cook. Jonte Cook didn't, hasn't gotten off to a great, a great start. I might be able to make a trade like that. I, so you're the Donovan Edwards owner. Someone offers you Travion in a swap, straight up. No, no. Okay, no. so that's the, that's the answer. You value Donovan Edwards more than Travion. I would. Who put Malik Neighbors on the list? Malik Neighbors has had five catches for 87 yards and six for 67. I mean, that's pretty good considering he's playing with with uh, Jalen Daniels. Jaden Daniels, yeah. Jaden Daniels. I, hasn't even Daniels been the top guy on their team. Hasn't even been the top guy on their team. I, I, game yeah, I put him on the list, and I have been very unimpressed so far with Malik Neighbors, despite well, like, the okay. Well, you, you've been unimpressed in his entire I, career. I, I am a certified Malik Neighbors hater, apparently, because I <laughs> – just don't think he's that good of a wide receiver. I don't think he's, I honestly don't think he's been like anything special this season. Like he's been fine, but I, I, you know, I've watched both LSU games and I have not come away being like, Oh, this is a dude who needs to be drafted in the top, like 60 picks. Like, yeah, he'll probably go around two, but he's certainly not a first rounder in my estimation. I'd be surprised if he ended up there come NFL draft time. I just don't see it. 
I had not watched uh, LSU. I guess I watched the Florida State game, but I didn't watch them uh, last week. But Brian, Brian Thomas is actually uh, leading the team in receiving 13 receptions, 220 yards, 16.9 per, and three touchdowns. Uh, I remember I took Brian Thomas in the first round of a freshman draft that we did like three years ago now and was mocked and ridiculed. Now, I probably should have been mocked and ridiculed, but he's still leading receiver. He's really changed his game this year it's really interesting where he you, you know who he reminded me of team. coming out of high school he yeah. he reminded me of and they were wore the same colors he reminded me of preston williams at what colorado state and then miami he reminded me yeah. of preston williams could see that yeah um but i mean we were talking about brian thomas in the discord or the slack earlier uh, like austin you were saying you were really impressed I, he just is way more athletic than I remember him being in terms of like not I I basically viewed him as Dane Key the past couple of years like kind of that springy vertical guy that basically does one thing and it's kind of get downfield and win that way but he took a long touchdown to the house against FSU uh, like I didn't even think he had any wiggle in his game at all um, that that really really interested me he almost looked more like. Um, I, I, I don't want to make this direct comp, but who's who's the, the LSU kid that got taken by the Carolina Panthers two years ago or three years Terrace ago? Marshall. Terrace Marshall. Yes, he kind of looked like Terrace Marshall with like the burst that he showed, which did not think that he possessed. Uh, so I thought that was really, really interesting. I mean, for the record, I'm you're I'm uh, no, I actually don't think he is a year one zero. I think all the LSU receivers passed year one zero their first year, right? I, I believe you are correct, and I mean, he's a guy who's six four, like. 205 210 that he's a nice size adjusted guy but i agree on that that burst thing like the way he caught the pass and then like kind of turned up field he kind of separated pretty quick and i didn't think that he had that in him either we're talking about neighbors here austin what's your where are you on the panic meter on uh malik neighbors um I don't know, five. It's another guy that I just think he kind of is what we thought he was coming into the year. I think his big problem is he just doesn't have like a discernible difference making skill right now. Um, like, I don't think he's a great separator. I don't think he's great after the catch. I don't know that he's shifty enough to play in the slot, but I don't know that he's physical enough to play on the boundary. Like, I think he's just, just a lot of things that like really make me question what his role in the NFL is. Like, it's just some of those guys that come out that they just don't like they're fine football players, but it's just like, you know, pick this guy out and put him in the NFL. And what does he do? That's that's at that level. I'm not sure that he has that. I will say he's pretty good at the catch point. He's almost Tylen Wallace 2.0, but I, I think he's he really, like a, is. he's never been used quite downfield that way. So I don't want to like necessarily pigeonhole him into that, but there, there's issues there. Tylen Wallace, uh, Mike Gundy always has a five foot 10 contested catcher. Um, and Malik neighbors has his fans out there. So, if if one of Malik Neighbors fans wants to come up here and and tout Malik Neighbor Neighbors and why he should be a coveted C two C asset, you are more send us a DM. You are more than welcome on Matthew. Where are you at on the panic meter on Malik Neighbors? I'd say probably a five or six as well. I I don't think I I agree with everything Austin said. I think the big thing that's gonna again he's gonna retain value because this wide receiver class is just so bad. He's gonna get decent draft capital because he's just gonna be a guy there. But I, I'm not really intrigued at all with how – I don't think he played horrible against Florida State, but, I mean, against Grambling State for what Jaden Daniels, I think, threw five touchdowns and three of them went to running backs. Like, 
I just don't think he's going to produce enough for you on your C2C side this year to really be a guy you're starting every single week. So then you're just counting and hoping that he ends up getting decent draft capital. Again, you're able to move him when he goes to the NFL. Like I, and I don't, I agree with Austin. I don't think it's a discernible trait to be this NFL guy you're counting on for your NFL roster. So if we're talking kind of some of those wide receivers that we said, like are, are iffy in terms of their placement on day two, I wouldn't take him over Keon Coleman at this point. I wouldn't take him over um, Jalen McMillan at this point because I know what McMillan's role is in the NFL. Right. I wouldn't take him over Troy Franklin, and I don't even love Troy Franklin, but at least he's got a skill that I think could get him there. Mike like Valerie that, is shitting himself that you just said that, that you're taking Troy Franklin. <laughs> I would probably take, in terms of like projecting to the pros, I would probably take AD. He switched his name man, like four times. Yeah, I wouldn't take Adonai Mitchell. I would take Adonai Mitchell over Malik Neighbors at this point. Wow. That's aggressive. But I don't know. Because I don't at least see. I look at at least I look at Adonai Mitchell and I say this guy can probably even if he's not like a true X, I think he can play on the boundary as kind of a guy that at worst is like, you know, red zone possession, um, you know, a, a four for forty eight and the touchdown every other game kind of guy. I'm not sure that neighbors fills kind of one of those roles that I would Ma- that I think Mitchell could. That still hate- makes him oh sorry, go, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just gonna say I hate projecting guys to the NFL that succeed in college in a way that is very counterintuitive. Yeah. And Malik neighbors is that guy. I thought Marvin Mims was that guy at Oklahoma as, as yeah, well. I and I, J- I James Washington is like the OG, yeah. like you're a slow, yeah. like field stretcher. <laughs> like you're not going to succeed <laughs> in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I Madden, hate Madden always has those players that'll be rated like as a rookie. They'll be rated 80, 85. It'll be a wide receiver with like 78 speed. And you're like, what can I do with this player? Yeah, I can't do anything yeah. with this player. I so so he fits in that bucket of like, yeah, he's a contested catch receiver, but like that's really weird for his profile and probably not one that's gonna succeed at the NFL level. I don't know. I I I've been low on him and i have not really moved off of that but sorry matt i inter- interrupted you no you're gonna i was just gonna say that still makes him with all the guys austin named if you put xavier worthy roma dunes marvin harrison and mecca who are the ones obviously i think everybody's taking him, it still makes him a top eight wide receiver in the class like that's just that that's what you're holding on to you're hoping that he gets that day two draft capital and then you can just move him and hope mike valerie's in your league because you'll get a you'll get a, a <laughs> you'll get a high-end wide receiver and probably a good freshman like Felix is trying to do for Malik Davis. We mentioned him earlier in the show. Should Kyle McCord be on this list as far as being a panic meter? Austin's shaking his head yes. So where would you – Where would you? Uh, what's your number? Pr- pretty high, you know, an eight and nine. I think the problem is that you can't really sell him for anything. Like I think he's no. pretty firmly a hold. You're either hoping that he turns it around or that yep. he – has to toe that very fine line where he's bad enough that they don't take him back next year, but he transfers somewhere that's a little more of a step down and he looks really good. I mean, that that's kind of what your hopes are for this point. I think I can't really see him being selected in the first round of the NFL. Like, I just don't think, I think he breaks the the string of Ohio state QBs. Chris. I was so unimpressed with how he looked against Indiana, man. I just can't get that performance out of my head. And I know it was week one, but it's been three man. performances now because we're going back to uh, the spring. Game. He played. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. I I'm at an eight or nine as well. I just, I'm essentially out at this point. 
All right, let me take a vote here. Should I even ask Matthew where he's at on this Absolutely. on this thing? It's a no, because I think what are you worry about? So no, I think he's going to give us an, a it's an aggressive eight. number. Uh, it, it's an eight because you were with him taking over that offense. It's what we talked about. You wanted the quarterback for Ohio State because of the points that they have put up. He's not even giving you that against probably the two worst player teams they're going to play this entire season. So, yeah, you have to be worried about it because, again, if he doesn't bounce back in any discernible way when he's just okay, you're not getting the points from him, probably not from a overall C2C value, but it tanks Marvin Harrison, it tanks Mecca, who are two guys you were counting on as well. So, yeah, you you have to be worried. It's, it's got to be at least an eight. All right. Um, Somebody in the comments go. as we were talking about this wide receiver class asked about Xavier Weaver. I haven't seen enough. I haven't watched like enough of him purely this year to have an opinion. I'm still buying him as if he's a CFF guy. I thought he's looked pretty good. Actually, could see, a, could see a path to more. I mean, he's he's got nice separation and he's kind of. Made you'll be able to up. see him pretty much every week on national yeah. television. So don't don't worry. You'll be able to see enough of him. Um, I offered last week anyone who left a five star rating review would be eligible to get a month free at campusthecan.com. And J. Mike, the icon in this industry, is the only person who left a review. Let me see if I can find it. A guy, guy who uh, I've had conversations with over the internet like this face-to-face and didn't even recognize me at the expo. J. Mike, if you're listening, you're listening. Hurt my feelings. Hurt my oh, feelings. J. Mike's the man. Oh, we're, not said, uh, the other, we're not going to ask the other panic meter guy, by the way, Felix? Oh, who is it? It's it's got to be an eight too. It's Carson Beck. Carson Beck. You know what? His first year as a starter, um, that offense is is getting uh, is getting on its horse. I, I it's a, I'm a zero on the panic meter on Carson Beck. But let me read this five star review. Let from, me please confirm my Mike, priors real quick. And then, yeah, yeah. And then I will toss it. To, <laughs> I will toss it. I will toss it to Austin. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what this about about Carson Beck. I don't like the nonsense that was going on on social media with him in the offseason. I don't like my quarterbacks to be involved in that kind of stuff, uh, allegedly. Uh, okay, this is from J. Mike. Rocked with the Debbie debate. Rocked with Debbie debate for a couple of years now. Thoroughly enjoy the insight they provide into the game and the game within the game of fantasy. They're bold when they're sharing their perspective, which is always founded in heavy research and a myriad of experience. Cheers to the dope group and terrific endeavor. Uh, that's from Jay Mike. Very, very nice from uh, the deep voiced man himself. Uh, Chris, Chris Moxley, uh, panic meter on, on, on uh, Carson Beck. I'll I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched a lot of UGA football, but just looking at the you know box score scouting and looking at some of the PFF metrics, I think there's a little bit of reason to be concerned. I mean, you you had the you know they haven't had Lad McConkey. They have not had Lad McConkey in two weeks. Oh yeah, because no Lad, be Lad McConkey is going right. to move the needle against UT That's Martin right. in a such That's a right. substantial way. That's right. yeah, I don't know. It's That's a, right. it's a, you're, damn, you're damn right. They need Lad McConkey. He's the stir that straws the, the he's the straw that stirs the drink. Austin's going to say zero because he didn't matter to begin with. Is that what you're correct? Saying? There shouldn't have been expectations. <laughs> zero, zero. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm with Austin. I was going to say a one or two. I, why I didn't have him ranked that high to begin with? And, and I'm actually not going to say it's because Carson Beck's playing bad. 
it goes back to what I've said all offseason. It's the offense. It's not going to be the same. Todd Munkin's gone. They're literally splitting everything down the middle, passing and running the ball, and they're giving it to like 18 running backs. They're carrying the ball 30 times a game. They're passing it 30 times a game. They're not going to play anybody where Carson Beck has to carry the load, so he's not going to do anything. You're going to get 200 yards and like two touchdowns from him every week. He's he's just okay. So yeah, watch what happens when Lad McConkey is back. Just watch. He'll, he'll throw for two fifty and three in one game. Yeah, that's, just, that's just watch. Just wide receiver. Yeah. All right, make sure you're supporting us on YouTube. The uh, morning shows are the, about the most fun that we have uh, at any point on the show. And I think that's it. I think that's all we got for tonight. All right. Apologies to Curb Harris Street. We ran out of time. We'll get them rescheduled soon. For Austin Ace, Chris Moxley, and Matt Bruning, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck.